All right, and uh, welcome back to everyone who is uh, was here last week. And if you weren't here last week, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is Dopio. I'm Dante. I'm Daniel. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a break from. Um, we're going to continue our break from the generational battle and um, talk about some current events because there's been a lot going on for the last week. Um, wow. Do you want to open up with what you just saw? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, sitting here watching uh, uh, CNN and I see that they are postponing the Olympics this summer in Japan. Uh, Tokyo officials just announced that um, they're going to postpone it due to the uh, current uh, pandemic crisis that we're facing. And um, that's that's unprecedented. I mean, yes. it's... Uh, First time in history. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a historical thing. So, I mean, that's, that's big. It's huge, to say the least. And it kind of speaks to where we are, not just as, you know, I'm coming from United States perspective, not just, you know, here, but globally. You know, um, I hate to use the term uh, new world order, um, but when I say that, I don't mean it in the conspiracy theorist way, but this is a new world order. The, the world's order of our way of doing things is changing, and um, we have to be aware of what's actually going on. You know, it's one thing to read the lines on a page, but it's a whole other thing to read in between the lines and see what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm speaking from the Tokyo perspective because um, for those of you who don't know, I'm in Japan and I'm just outside of Tokyo. Um, yeah, for them to be changing the Olympics, like people don't like if you're not here, you don't get it. We have been preparing for the Olympics. Japan has been preparing for the Olympics like for since it was announced. Like, I mean, we're talking billions of dollars, um, billions and billions of yen spent on creating stadiums, marketing. I mean, even the education program is geared towards the Olympics. Everything was geared towards the Olympics. It was like the grand reopening of Japan to the world. Um, mm -hmm. And the the economic stimulus from the Olympics was was going to be a boon for for all of Tokyo, for Tokyo, if not for all of Japan, and for the IOC to say, "Hey, you know, we can't do it because of Corona." Well, yeah, that that's that's a hit locally, but yes, you're right; it's a hit globally. And I, I think people are going to miss uh, miss what you said um, as far as the new world order um, because people people still don't realize how big this is and and i, I kind of want to put it in perspective um mm -hmm. so the last pandemic that the world had to contend with was the spanish flu in 1918 um right and no one from that era or very few people from that era are alive today to speak to how devastating that was and that we weren't talking about a global economy at that point I mean, we were in the infancy of globalization. Um, right. The next kind of comparative uh, that we can make to, to that is the um, the depression. But again, that was localized. I mean, yes, everywhere was feeling the crunch um, because the industrial revolution was going on. But to the extent that this global crisis is hitting everyone, nothing. There has been nothing like it. 
And so um, it's it's changing like concerts, like uh, everything got canceled here um, for the month. It's changing schools in America. No one's in school. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this this has a uh, the ability to change, or it is changing everything, and our reaction to it will determine um, how things uh, progress afterwards and that's what we want to that's what I kind of want to get into with you today is how we're going to deal with it how we're dealing with this now and and how we're going to deal with this in the future right and 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 what you're saying is is dead on I mean I couldn't agree with you more you know here in the United States um people are afraid you know and when people are afraid they act out in ways that are sometimes predictable but also unpredictable you know, I've I've always tried to live my life free of fear. You know, because fear brings around brings about irrational thoughts, and irrational thoughts brings about irrational behaviors. And um, you know, just 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 to to bring it home a little bit um, about what's going on here before we move into it. Um, I'm in a small town outside of Louisville, Kentucky, called Elizabethtown, and it's almost like a pocket society. And what I mean by that, um, it's aware the bigger cities are around it, but it functions on its own. You know, the people here kind of take pride that it's not a big city. You know, uh, they take pride in the fact that, you know, everybody here just about knows everybody here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, you're talking about a population somewhere around maybe 20, 30,000. You know, um, not a, not a large population. Um, go to Walmart, you're gonna see somebody you know. Yeah. You know, you go to the gas station, you're gonna see somebody you know. So now people are starting to to isolate themselves, and rightfully so because of what's going on. Yeah. But the fear that comes along with that, you know, people don't know what's coming, and and when you take that away from people, predictability and and um, assurity of outcomes. You know, certain behaviors start to manifest, but we go back to our primal nature. You know, um, me first mentality. Yeah. You know, I'm watching people who were who are essentially neighbors. You know, start to distance themselves, and it becomes a um, um, self-preservation is the first law of nature. Absolutely. Type of mentality. Type of mentality, and it, it it's growing. You know, and I, I've always prided myself on being a people watcher, you know? Yeah, as a, me too, me too. As, as a kid, I was isolated, an introvert. So while the other kids are playing on the playground, I'm watching them. I'm watching behaviors and stuff like that, even though I wasn't aware of what I was doing back then. Yeah. You know, now, now I see it and I'm looking at people, I'm watching micro expressions, I'm watching behaviors, how people are leaning away instead of leaning in, all, all these things. And it's growing into something. And you're and you're dead on. What is this going to look like on the other side of it? You know, yeah. I believe we have an opportunity to hit a reset button and um, do things in a manner in which it's it's more human based instead of harvest based. Yeah. And 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 what I mean about that is traditionally here in the United States and some places around the globe, we have placed harvest over humanity. Absolutely. You know, we. We have, we have, and it's, and today the harvest is money, you know, yeah. um, power, 
we have, we have taken the human element out of it, which is almost impossible to do. But it's 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 its main focus is on the harvest, on what can I get, how much power can I acquire, how much can I get from you without having to do anything for you. Yeah, you know, and, and that's where we find ourselves today. But this is an opportunity. I mean, as, as painful and as and, and horrific as this new this new world order is, it's an op- uh, opportunity lays that lies there. And what we do with it going forward will determine or dictate who we are. Yeah, so. I absolutely agree. And so, like, uh, when whenever you were talking about uh, harvest over humanity, um, I immediately think back to a book that uh, we both have read um, called Ishmael. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And it is a chance to reset to a certain, to a different kind of society. And we're seeing, like, we're seeing the grassroots, or not really the grassroots, but we're seeing the sprouts of that idea happen in um, American government. And, and let me expound a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So, for those of you who aren't real government nerds, I am. I'm. I'm a giant <laughs> government nerd. Um, those who don't know this, um, like it's, it's fairly obvious. Um, America is a capitalist society based on the idea of scarcity. And what scarcity is basically is there's not enough of anything. And because there's not enough of anything, you're going to pay a certain amount. Um, and like I'll give you uh, an example of your local, local grocery store. It's the winter time. Winter is the season of, of oranges. So there's no scarcity in oranges, so the price of oranges is low. Um, there, but there is always a scarcity of money, so the, there's a high probability that you're going to be working a lot just to get some of that money. Now, for a while, for actually America's, uh, for America's entire capitalist history, uh, modern capitalist history, we've worked under the assumption that the government never had enough money. The government is in debt. The government is in debt. The government's in debt. You always hear this, especially from the conservative branch of the American government. Well, now that they're printing money just to prop up the marketplace, we're realizing that scarcity was a lie. And when, oh, yeah. when you've been lying to people for this long about how there's not enough to go around and then they start realizing, wait a second, there is enough to go around. You're just keeping it from me. Now, huh. now people are starting to realize, wait a second. It doesn't have to be the way that it was. And that's where you start seeing revolutionary changes. Um, there you and, go. and so you're right. This is a chance to reset. And I'm, I'm hoping um, that this is an opportunity that is that is taken by many many a politicians to course correct themselves to be more people populist driven uh, more worker driven than to be more um, top side CEO white collar um, focused um, and, but, and you know what just to interject just for a second no go ahead um, on, on, that, on that last point I'm not optimistic about that you know, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what I mean, I'm sure we're going to touch on the, 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 I don't know what you want to call, what you call the, the, the financial aspects and the stimulus yeah. that's supposed to be generated because of that. We'll touch on that. But um, I'm not optimistic about that because the, the people that we have in government today, 
and I'm talking both sides, Republican and Democrat. Hmm. Everyone ha- has a, has an agenda, you know, and watch it, we're watching that play out on the Senate floor. No doubt, you know, the the GOP they they drafted a, a crafted a bill without any input from uh, the Democratic Party, you know. So the Democratic Party says, "Well, wait a minute, we want to put something on it." So they come up with a bill. No one agrees with it. You know, people are saying, well, they want to do this and they want to they want to get to the rich. And, and you know, they're, 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 they're thinking they're adding the poor in, but they're not adding the poor in enough. You know, so there's a bunch of back and forth going on. Yeah. But at the root of this, and this is just me, this is just my own personal opinion. Um, everyone's looking at their own self-interest. Absolutely. And not not at the, the complete interest of, of the populace, of everyone else. Yep. You know, and and it, it's playing out. I mean, and that's why I say I'm not so optimistic that this is uh, that the powers that be are going to divert from their common practice of harvest more so than humanity. Yeah. And I, I think this and, and when you talk about harvest over humanity, like and we're harvesting money, I, I kind of want to dive into like what can we harvest aside from money? Like because because the way of our, our culture has evolved, like there's no way we can get away from the harvest. I mean, even in our agrarian days, um, sorry, agricultural days, we 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 always focused on the harvest. And then before that, we were hunter gatherers, so there really was no harvest. We didn't understand the concept of it. But once we set down roots, the harvest was all that we were about. So we're not going to get away from that. We're never going to get away from the harvest. So how? No. Can, how can we change the way we think but maintain the societal societal order as it is because people can't embrace something that they have no no uh there's no common there's no common denominator for people for that so what do you think i I think um you know and i agree with you when you say there's always been a harvest you know, and and there probably and there always will be some some sort of harvest. You know, be it money, be it like you said, agriculture, whatever the case. It's it's what we emphasize in that harvest. Mm-hmm. You know, do we do we take do we take uh, and and let's go let's go let's go uh, agriculture. Let's look at agriculture. So you know, everyone in this town or in a town, um, it's hard. It has some type of. Uh, some type of agriculture that they're focusing on, you know, be it, you know, corn or peas or whatever the case may be, you know, and everyone's working for a better good for everyone. Yeah. You know, and that's the difference. When I was a kid, me and my mother used to watch a show um, called Little House on the Prairie. And um, I I mean, I I look at it today and I laugh, but I I really like that show, you know, and I think one of the reasons I liked it is because I remember, you know, people had chickens and they would bring eggs into the into the store and then they would trade their eggs for fabric, you know, to make dresses or what or, or pants or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, it was focused on the harvest, but the harvest was to drive humanity. You yeah. know, and it, it wasn't to, it wasn't a focus on the harvest to alienate humanity or certain pockets of humanity while lifting you know, asserting a least part of humanity up, if, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does make sense. You know, so I agree with you when you say that there's always going to be a harvest, 
but the way we go about the harvest is what ultimately defines us as a society and as, civil, and as a civilization. And um, going back to um, Ishmael, you know, mother culture. Yeah. Um, if, if you haven't read the book, I highly recommend it. Maybe one day me and my son will we'll break it down a little bit further and just do a, a series of uh, episodes on, on Ishmael. Ooh, you know, um, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but mother culture speaks to us and we don't even know that you speak. You know, it's almost like that, that, that background hum that you hear, but you don't really notice it, but it's constantly there. So if mother culture is, is humming to us, our, you know, we hear this unawarely, or unaware that we're hearing it, you know, we act out in a certain way. You know, we're going to perform in a certain way. So we have to find a way to change the narrative, to change the way we've, we've been doing things. Because yeah. no society, and I know I'm going, I'm skipping over a lot of stuff, but no society has ever been able to maintain over a, a, a long period of time by not evolving. Yeah. You know, so we, we you know, once upon a time, this place called America was new. You know, the democracy um, was considered progressive. It was, it was different. You know, it was a new idea. You know, and then things played out and here we are. And then now you have a new idea, coming, a new progressive idea coming. And um, we have to listen to it. Yeah. You know, as much as me and my son, and you know, this is not gonna turn into a generational thing, but as much as me and my son may disagree on certain um, facets of the new idea, but one thing that I can't disagree with him with is that a new idea is needed. You know, um, we have to be open to this new idea of harvesting humanity, you know, to realize that we are our greatest resource, yep. you know, not not Ford Motor Company, not the new iPhone, um, whatever number it is on, you know, but um, humanity. And once we take, once we, if we continue to stop looking at humanity as the world's greatest resource, you know, it, we have to we have to focus on humanity because if we don't don't we see what's happening. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, just here, you know, going up to Louisville once or twice a week, you know, to VA and stuff like that. I see the homeless people on the streets, and I see the and most of them are veterans. Sad to say, um, who's going to reach out? How are they going to get a stimulus? Who's who's helping them? And I know there's there's there's, there's programs that are there for them you know, for the homeless and stuff like that. But what about the people whose humanity is being taken for granted, you know, just for the, the sake of the heart? Well, and that's, and I, I'm gonna, or I think that's a good point for me to interject. Um, the, mm -hmm. like, those are the first things to break down. Um, if you look at it in history, um, like whether it's the Great Depression or the Spanish flu or anything like that, the first things that break down are the places that take care of the, the forgotten, um, the, our, our lost ones. Like we, we always neglect them first. And the kind of the blessing in disguise of the coronavirus is that because it's so deadly to the uh, elder generation, um, there is a hyper focus on, hey, yo, we have to make sure that um, our elders are taken care of. 
this is actually quite rare considering that the first people forgotten are usually um, the elderly that being said um, I think that that when you have um, a situation like this it's it's easy to look macro you, you look really wide out and you say oh we should do this that and the other um, and but I wanted to get into some policy uh, really quick because you, you spoke something about the revolution embracing the new revolution all the things that like everyone's talking about now the ubi the the uh, the ubi is universal basic basic income um the medicare for all the um the expansion of unemployment benefits the mandatory paid leave all of these things that like that everyone's talking about now the the true progressive the new progressive i won't say the true the new progressives we've been talking about this we've been warning people about this not just we but like even the elder generations um you know martin luther king warned about this he's he's he warned us about making sure that we didn't forget um the people that are on the front lines of poverty that are on the front lines of famine and when we do forget about those people, well, nature has a way of reminding us because we are only as strong as the weakest person in our society. And so when you have a pandemic such as this with a, a low or rather um, a, uh, a neglected public health system, you're going to find out how strong or how weak your society really is. And what we're finding now is American society is very weak. European society, in some ways, is pretty weak. Globally, we do not do a good job of taking care of each other. And in factions, maybe we can take care of things, but we're too globalist now to to neglect one country for another. And people make this mistake of thinking, well, it happened in China, China's so far away, that's a Chinese problem. And then boom, <laughs> it's in Korea, Japan, and Italy. They're like, oh, well, that's a Japan, Korea, Italy problem. It's so far away, it's not our problem. Like, oh, it's just on a cruise ship. We just won't let their cruise ship come here. Like those days are over. The days where you can faction off yourself uh, from the world is over. And anyone who has their head in the ground thinking that oh like well this is only and and this happens a lot in japan where it's like oh well that's happening over there it won't happen here no yes it can yes it can and what we're finding is let me let me ask you something real quick just on just on that um i look at that as being like a us versus them mentality and 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 we when we do it here in america matter of fact we patented it over here in america you know so my question is do you see that ever change? I mean, I mean, I know that it has to change, but how do you change that mentality? Even though the farmer in Montana feels as though he has no connection with the the Japanese student in Japan, death changes. How that. Do- death changes that, and it sounds harsh, but no, no, go ahead. But nothing is ever real till it happens to your family, and and somebody um, on Facebook who I'm friends with asked a question like does anyone know anyone with coronavirus like and a couple of us said yeah we do and they're like you know how do you know them like how close are you to them um this that and the other and we said so and then their next post after that was 
I don't care about coronavirus. I don't know anyone near me that has it. It doesn't matter to me because it's not close to me. And my response to that is, when someone dies next to you, you're gonna wish you never said that. You're going to eat your words. And the sad thing is people are so quick to be cold that they don't realize that it, that coldness that they're feeling, that coldness that they're portraying, well, you can get hypothermic real quick when your people die. And now people are looking at you like, well, I don't know your people. Why does it matter to me? So, and we were seeing this before, like with other kind of things like gang violence. Um, they're like, oh, well, that's a black problem. That's not a white problem. Why do I care about that? Uh, crack yeah. epidemic. Oh, that's a black problem. Why do I care about that? And then opioids happened and black people looked at white people like, yo, that's a white problem. Why do we care about that? Like, right, right. So the chickens come home to roost um, when it comes to karma. And karma, she has this lovely, lovely way of being poetic. And I find nothing more poetic than the richest country in the world grappling with a crisis that is made wholly by their own greed. Like th there's and, nothing and more it, poetic. To, there's nothing more poetic than that. Because if they actually you, cared, cared about people, this yeah. wouldn't happen. Exactly. And, and here's the thing: the greed is what's going to destroy it even more. Absolutely. You know, you know, they don't want you. you earlier, uh, you said something about. You know, um, they uh, the country has been telling people that you know we don't have the money, we don't have the money. Then all of a sudden, bam, they have the money. I've always wondered why is it a, a country that prints its own money on a daily basis? People go into work every day, you know, at the, at the U.S. Mint, print money up, you know, and then disperse it. You know, how can a country that prints its own money, you know, cry broke? You know, we don't. Have, and then the argument that was always given to me was that, well, we can't flood the market with too much money because the value of the dollar will go down. Scarcity. Well, we <laughs> yeah, scarcity, right. You know, but we dictate the value. Exactly. You know, you I, you um, you posted a video about a week or so ago about, um, oh, wow, about talking about the market and how the market is set up and it's, it's based on... Um, it's based on a theory of what's going to happen, yeah. you know, not basically what's happening. So, you know, every Monday uh, or, or towards the beginning of the week, we hear where well, the market is, is this based on um, Trump saying that or the market is this based on something. But it's like you said, it's basically because of what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, if we spread our own money and we can and we can just spit out a, a one point seven trillion dollars in order to pull corporations out of the you know whatever and they're not even in the gutter yeah. for the most part yeah they're really not <laughs> delta is not hurting if you remember back in december november december delta ceo gave its employees like a six-month bonus yeah you know uh advance uh, on their pay because of how good they did last year yeah corporations that, that are suffering and don't have a um you know, a, a, a pocket of money off to the side for, a, you know, families like growing up, my parents, we used to have like a just in case job. Yeah. Just in case shit went south, you know, we got this off to the side. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Corporations have that too. Slush fund, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. Um, you can't tell me that a nation that has that much cash on hand can't, you know, solve a problem such as this. 
It's not a matter of can't. They don't want to. You know, call it the thinning of herd or whatever the hell you want to call it. They don't want to. Well, they don't. They don't want to in a way, and and I don't want to say that they don't want to solve it. I, I want to say that they don't want to do. They don't want to do everything that it takes to solve it. They want to do the minimum amount of effort to solve it. And you know, it's funny. Like kids do this. Kids, it's like you like, oh, clean your room, and they will do the minimum amount of cleaning <laughs> to get you off their back. Like, oh, clean my room. Okay, I'm just gonna pick up all the clothes and I'm gonna put them in a the closet because they're not gonna check in the closet. So I'm gonna do that. Under the bed. Yeah, exactly. And 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 like they, they do that and they're like, oh, okay, it's close, it's clean. Look at my room, it's clean. Hoping, hoping you don't check the closet. But sure enough, you don't walk over to the closet and be like, boy, if you don't clean this room, and then they'll do and they'll do the minimum again. And and I'll give you like so that was my like the metaphor. Now here's the realness. In 2008, what? this like we went, we had the recession, the Great Recession. Everyone remembers it. Um, if it didn't hit you, lucky you. But it hit everybody else, um, and it, right. it fundamentally changed the way uh, our government worked. Um, in some instances, it gave rise to the Tea Party. People like Ted Cruz, um, Paul Ryan were a product of of the recession and Trump to some extent is a product of that recession so that recession happens we bail out all these big companies and we say hey boom we fixed it we gave them money and everything's okay flash forward to now that giving the businesses money was just putting the clothes in the closet but not actually hanging them up and doing your laundry what we're seeing now is those same companies are like give us money give us money give us money and we're thinking yo what did you do with all that money we gave you last time why is your ceo making this much money why isn't your room clean so now we're we're looking at their room and we're like yo i'm not giving you any more money well at least half the government's saying that Mm -hmm. half the government's saying i'm not giving you any more money and so we're seeing some pushback from some segments of the government society or uh, some segments of the U.S. government. And so the the fight right now is whether or not we're going to have a government that supports and props up corporations or we're going to have a government or society that that helps out its workers. And you're right. It's looking like there's still some people fighting for corporations over people. And I and and I, this is my my final little uh, point to this this little uh, uh, story, but what you're going to see is if people get desperate enough, and they see that the government is taking care of business over people, the people are going to do some counting. Let's see. There's one million of us. There's one of them, <laughs> and they don't want that. They don't want this to de-evolve into not just a populist movement they don't want this to devolve into a populist riot and that's exactly what's gonna yeah exactly and we're not talking about revolution like oh we're gonna march in the streets no we're talking about revolution like we're going to take you out to central park and eat you like and right Right. now right now that's a joke hashtag eat the rich but it it, keep uh you know what you know what i like to say f around and find out like yeah 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 yeah, and, and, and you said it. Y'all don't want this smoke. Yeah, <laughs> y'all, y'all and it's coming. It's coming. Someone posted something on um on uh, my Facebook timeline the other day. 
um, talking about something that the president had done. And um, he wants to send people back to work. He, you know, uh, in, in a few, in a couple of weeks, he's like, you know, let's open the country back up. We can, we can deal with this. We're not going to let the cure destroy the country. You know, in other words, we, we can't keep um, um, social distancing and stuff at the sake of the country. You know, and, and what I discern from that is that he wants everyone to get back to work so the harvest can be harvested. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I and I uh, wrote a comment that wasn't too widely accepted, but I said, and I, and I basically what I said is, this is how the seeds of revolution are planted, fertilized, and take root. Yep. When you pull back the veil, and you're allowed to see, and that's what this that's what this pandemic has done. It's pulled back the veil, and we see where people's empowers true interests lie. You know, and hopefully there's an awakening taking place. That these folks don't give, give a damn about you. Yep. They can give less. Anytime you know people are losing their jobs left and right, being sent home, and you know, and don't know when they're gonna be able to go back, and if they are, are if they are gonna be able to go back. Yeah. And all you gonna give them is a twelve hundred dollar check. One time. One time. Exactly. You know. But yet you wanna you wanna give uh, corporations millions. Billions. You know, you you want to give someone. Matter of fact, let me rephrase that. You want to give twelve hundred dollars to people who make seventy five thousand or less. But someone who makes less than twenty thousand or who didn't wasn't able or for whatever reason didn't file their taxes last year doesn't get anything. Or maybe about around five to six hundred. Yeah, crazy. If people don't wake up and see what the hell is going on around them, shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you. I mean, you need, I mean, and, and, and I'm not trying to promote violence or anything of that nature. Please don't misconstrue my neck, my following words. But if we don't get to, if people don't see what's going on and they don't act out accordingly to the people in power who are, who are misappropriating the people's trust. Yeah. So shame on you, man. Something needs to be done. I mean, God, I wish I was 21 <laughs> right now. I mean, because there's no way we as a people should be should stand for something like this, you know. And even at the age that I am now, I mean, I, 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 there's something I want to do. I, something needs to be done. Something right. needs to be, and then I don't mean marching. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what that's what that's what bothers me. People are like, "Oh, we should just protest." No, see, see, when you just yell and scream, they're like, "Oh, pacify them." Now, don't pacify me. Satisfy me. Like I, and for too long, people have been doing piecemeal things to pacify the people. Like, oh, we'll give them a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they'll shut up. Like, no, 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 Protest. no, no, no. Protests are commercial breaks. Have you ever been watching a show on TV and then the commercial comes on? Then you go to your phone and you start looking and seeing what's going on on your phone. Or you'll go and uh, go to the run to the restroom real quick. I go grab something at the fridge. Yeah. That's all a protest. Because the, the people that you're protesting are the policies or whatever it is that you're protesting stops listening. Yeah. I'll add it again. It's commercial. I, I've seen that commercial. I ain't worried. It ain't the Super Bowl, so I ain't really paying attention to the commercial. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to handle my business until the commercial's over. Then I'll be back. Yeah. You know, that's what they say. Stay tuned. We'll be back. But right after the short commercial break. And that's what a protest is. Yeah. A and short commercial. 
And the funny thing is, you you made a you, your metaphor actually works out really well because you said it's not the Super Bowl. Like I'm not paying attention. You know when they do pay attention? Election season. That's when they pay attention. Uh-huh. Election season. Right. Yeah. Absolutely right. So absolutely right. And, and then when election season comes around, oh, all of a sudden now they're like, oh, we need to, we need to shut them up. Uh, let's see, what can we do? Uh, let's throw a bunch of money behind this politician. That you know, this this person, he's he's palatable for us. We'll we'll just put him in there, and uh, maybe they'll shut up. Yeah. Do you know? I yeah. mean, I, I couldn't be more plain about who I'm talking about, but I mean, <laughs> no, you couldn't. People, people don't want to hear me. They just want to dance. Like they, like they, they, like. But and this is what you get, though. Like this is what you get when, when you have been falling for the okie doke, for generations. Like, and this isn't just like this isn't just the Democratic Party. This is people. This is humanity. When you've been eating at the hands of someone who doesn't really care about you um this was bound to happen um so um i want to transition into how can or how can things change rather not how things can change but um what what could society be um if we change the way this harvest um this harvest goes um and this is what i think and Feel free to say that I'm dreaming, pie in the sky, any of that stuff. Um, but I'm just going to give you my vision. Um, so right now, America has a need for um, the government to bail out some of their industries. Um, we're talking casinos, uh, the, of course, banks, um, as well as airlines, so on and so forth. Every industry that we bail out, if we give you money, we own you. And when I say that, I mean... We, the government should own a stake in these businesses. If we give you money, we own you. Like the same way, like the bank, like whenever you, you get a loan from the bank, um, is that your house? No, it's the bank's house. (laughs) Like, and you don't get it back. Like, and and see, this is, this is where we made the mistake of uh, last time during the last financial crisis. Like, oh, they paid the money back. They're all, we're all good. No, 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 no. We're not all good. Like y'all messed up and you messed up so bad that you had to take our money. So this is kind of like a mom situation where no, you're never out. Like, because you messed up to get in and because you messed up to get in, there's no getting out because you like, you can hurt us more than you can help us. And so I think that at this point in our society, we need to start thinking about partial nationalization of industries. Now, I know people are worried about that being socialism. It's not, it is, but we're already socialists. We pay money to, like, we paid all this money for corporate socialism in 2008. And what did we get for it? Nothing. Delta, you want us to trust you? Cool. We're going to sit on your board. And we're going to make laws that make it so you can't do this to your people anymore. And that's how America looks afterwards. We we take a stake in these national industries that can possibly hurt our people. We uh, we make the kind of policies that take care of even our poorest people through Medicare for all or UBI. Take your choice. Um, and we can and we do our best. We do our very best to move our supply chains back to America. And this is not going to be fun for some of the liberals out there. Um, but I, I am a, 
I am of the mind, and this is a conservative idea, that we need to stop putting all of our industries in China and in India and put them back in America. We need to put we need to put American workers back to work and stop being cheap. You get what you pay for. And in this pandemic, we can't make the things that we need because we were so obsessed with getting it cheap. Well, now China has us over a barrel because we couldn't get out of our own way. So that I mean, that's my idea. I, I may sound crazy. Hey, I, no, no, hell no. You don't sound crazy. I mean, well, you know, most people who have great ideas sound crazy only to the people who aren't willing to entertain. Yeah, you're not crazy. But, but let me let, let me ask you a question real quick. What was it? World War Two? Oh, uh, one. Which was it when when um, the factories here in America stopped making what they were making? Two started making two. Okay. Yep, you're dead, you're dead on. If we hadn't, if we hadn't sent all our factories um, overseas, you know, I'm talking about everything overseas. We could be churning out so much stuff here in America. You know, the people, the, the financial situation wouldn't be what it is. Yep. We wouldn't be complaining about people coming across the border doing cheap labor. Yep, you know, things of that nature. I mean, it, it, it would remedy so many things. But back to to your idea, your vision. I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with it at all. You know, I mean, I would even go a step further. And um, I was laying in bed last night and I was just kind of, you know, just daydreaming before I started to actually dream. Um, what if we, we need, and this this is going to sound, now, if you thought yours was pie in the sky, yeah, this is this is pretty much cake and the whole dessert bar in the sky. We need a, we need a, a world government. A world government. Do away with yeah no a world government you know I know we've seen it on like science fiction and things like that but we're getting to the place where we can't just be the United States of America we can't just be the People's Republic we can't just be you know Mexico or Korea you know because if what's happening in China is affecting Utah or let me let me just bring it on home. If what's happening in China is affecting Elizabethtown, Kentucky, then we need to have a relation with them, and it doesn't need to be on the on the on the um, on the principles of we make this and then we'll trade and you know and this import export. It needs to be. I, I believe that it's time for us to start entertaining, you know, a real world global um, administration. You know, and I don't know how you would set it up. It's like I said, it was just a daydream or whatever. But we need to be we need to be connected. So, you know, I don't know if it's if it's if it's like you know those little snow globe. Yeah. That you just shake, you know maybe we just need to shake the shit up and everybody <laughs> just everywhere and where you are. I mean, and it's not like I'm an American anymore. You know, I'm an Earthling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a human, and, yeah. and I know. Actually, I don't think I don't think it's a bad idea in the in the extent that I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like like whenever we watch movies, we see aliens come. Like I'll take Independence Day for example. Spoiler alert: aliens come <laughs> and um, and the world unites and they fight against the, that alien um, that alien threat. Well, this alien threat is not so alien. It's germs, except mm. it's still a it's still a threat to all of humanity everywhere. And so right. 
in times of crises, yeah, I think that that what you're saying is absolutely right. I don't see anyone ever doing it, especially the the Chinas of the world. Like, they're just not going to like. They are like number one. Their their number one thing is uh, sovereignty, um, uh, local sovereignty. Like they they are China and they control Chinese things, and that's that. You're America. You control American things. That's why they don't like us very much because we're in everyone's Kool Aid. Um, so I, I agree though with the idea that in times like these that that we should suspend nationalism. Um, which is what you're talking about is when when everyone everyone's focused on one government at a time your own government um what we should do is um so the construct is there the un is there so you just take the un you have assigned an an assigned un uh, military like basically people who are attached to the un and there, mm-hmm. there is a percentage of every foreign nation's military in the UN, and then you can do right. it that way. Now, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is this is out there as far as policy is concerned. But think about the response globally that can happen when you have a mobilized planet to the end, like to the, like to the singular focus of protecting humanity from itself. And that's that's the key, like when when given an opportunity to make profit or to take care of people, we have shown as humanity that we are incapable, we are unable or incapable of of looking at that and saying, you know what, I'm going to take care of people. No, we suck at right. that. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I was I was watching something on on, on uh, the news last night. And I was a guy talking. Uh, he was from the world, the World Health Organization. And I'm thinking, why do we have a World Health Organization? And no one listens to them, right? And and and, and with a situation like this, you know, it's almost it was a cartoon when I was a kid. I can't remember what it was, but um, there was these two dogs, one big dog, one small dog, one small dog. They break into this automated house, and um, you know that it. it the automated house washes its own dishes and whatever. So one of the little dogs knocks over a bowl of, of something on the floor. All of a sudden, this little vacuum cleaner comes out of the closet and, you know, runs over to it, sweeps it up, then runs back into the closet. I know this is a stretch, but shouldn't that be what the World, the world Health Organization should be doing? Yeah, I, I mean, technically. I mean, I mean, theoretically, I mean, I, I, I would think that's what it was meant for. You know, when all hell breaks loose, it busts out of the closet, it comes and it sweeps the shit up and then it goes on back into the grandfather. I mean, I know that sounds kind of far-fetched and, and, and crazy, but I'm, I'm just thinking, why do we have all these world organizations and, and all the, you know, the CDCs of the world and the, you know, the WHO? Why do we have all this and we find ourselves in this situation? But see, that or- those organizations do exist for that those purposes, but the problem is they're giving no real reins on power. And when you're and this in this new global era that we're in the era of Trump like you have someone who does not care about science we have someone who does not care about the the nature of 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 pandemics and the nat- and human nature for that matter and how it all is interconnected and intersectional like we just have a society that doesn't care about it so 
even like and and I said president at first, and then I just said society. It's important that I clarify, or rather, underline the fact that it's society that doesn't care. Think, think right now in Florida, there are people on spring break. They're like, "Oh, you only live once. You got it. Like it's my spring break. I, I planned this like for months ago. Like I have to. I have to have a party. Like you dummy." Like, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a parent for a second. I'm not a parent yet, but I'm gonna be a parent for a second. You dummy! Like so, I I spent 18 years raising you, and then you get out of the house, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. You get out of the house, and then this is how you act on TV. Well, yeah. when you when you get home, like and, that's and, society. And, and, you're right. You're right. You find yourself looking at it like, damn, this is what I belong to. You know, this is this is you know, and and you can't say the you can say the president. I mean, he's he puts himself out there to be the butt of every joke or every I don't know. He just, he just I don't know. But society put him there. Yeah. yeah. Society has created this. I mean, Frankenstein meet your monster, monster meet Frankenstein. You know, we created this. You know, yeah. I mean. And, and I know people are probably, you know, people that are listening are saying, I ain't got shit to do with this. No, you may not have, but n- not directly. Yeah. But indirectly, we've all sat around and allowed this to manifest into what we have today. And, you know, and if, you, if you're if you sitting there saying, no, nah, I ain't got shit to do with Trump, then that's you're no not seeing, You're not seeing the big picture. Right. It's no different than what, what, what you said earlier, son, when, when people are like, I ain't got nothing to do with what's going on over in China. Yes, you yeah, do. Exactly. Yes, you do, man. I mean, if, if we don't get anything out of this this crisis right now, let's get out of it that we're connected, man. That we that that we're go- white, black, you know, Asian, American, whatever, Italian. That we are people, you know. And I've been doing some personal research and some personal reevaluation on the whole social construct and the ideologies and. And, and, and even racial ideas and stuff. You know, we are not as different as we make ourselves out. Of course not. Of and course we're not. We, uh, we, you, we, we want to look at ourselves as different, be it inferior or superior. We want to, we want, we want to, we want to say that we're better than a specific group of people. But in all actuality, man, we are no different than than, than the Chinese or the Japanese or the. You know, you know, Mexicans, Italians, European—we're we're all the same, man. You know, we may arrive in different boats, but we're on the same damn ship. Yep. And so, and and like, and this is perfect to transition, uh, like, to, or to next week and and wrapping everything up. But uh-huh. I think, I think this is this is that point in human history where it's pit, like we're at a fork in the road, and this is bad. Obviously, this is bad. People are dying everywhere. There's over thirty, sorry, there's over three hundred thousand cases of coronavirus in the world right now, um, and that mm-hmm. number will that number will grow because that number is that number is not an all-knowing number. It's a projection. No. Um, right. So, this is a moment where humanity can make a decision about where it's going to go, and if we go back to quote-unquote normal after this, like then there's no hope for humanity. Um, and I, I, I don't think humanity should exist if this is what humanity does. 
and that's not like that sounds like a villain but if this is what humanity does if this is how humanity treats other humans then humanity doesn't really exist we're just animals and right. I, refuse, I refuse to believe that that's who we are but this is where the proof is in the pudding you're showing like people are showing right now who they are they're factioning themselves off as you said um, their neighbor is turning against neighbor like but I see good things too I see good things on Twitter I see good things out there for people on Facebook but what our governments do is a reflection of who we are and what we'll accept and they will and we and they will do what we will accept so mm-hmm. if we accept the status quo if we accept nothing or if we accept the nothingness that they continue to give us then we deserve something worse than than corona and what that worst thing could be i have no idea but corona corona solvable this is a solvable problem and we're not doing a good job of it so i don't know um i i have hope but like my hope isn't high please give it I'll, I'll, i'll let you uh I'll let you wrap us up this week. I usually do the wrap up, but I'm gonna let you wrap us up this week. Okay. All right. Um, you know, and and I, this has to be, you know, of all our episodes thus far, uh, the one that we agree the most on. Um, you know, I, I was listening to you talk about how, um, you know, we're animals, you know, and we don't deserve if this is the way we want to play it out, and. Um, I was watching something on TV um, this past week, and it was talking about uh, locusts in Africa, you know, that are coming, you know, and um, they were just talking about, you know, how they spread and what, the destruction and whatnot. And then I then it transitioned over to to Italy due to the quarantine and uh, social isolation of people staying in and whatnot. You know how the canals are producing uh, moss and seaweed and you know to show these deers I mean this is not in Italy with the deers but you know like I think it was San Francisco or something there was deers standing in the intersection you know and it it looked almost like I am legend you know where Mm -hmm. nature's nature is taking I'm not gonna say taking back but nature nature is noticing that this may be an opportunity you know to um to thrive again. Um, with everything that's going on, if we don't pay attention to to what is actually going on, and it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, you can read the lines on the paper, but look at the spaces in between the lines. Read in between the lines and see what's actually going on. We have an opportunity to be better, to do better. You know, we have an matter of fact, it's not an opportunity. It should be an obligation to do better and be better as as human beings. You know, you can look at your neighbor across the street and 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 I'm talking literally, um, and and see them one particular way. You know, I don't like the way that you know, you don't take care of his yard. You know, I don't like the way his house looks. You know, I can look at him and say, you know, that's that's my brother, regardless of, you know, the, the, the byproduct and the side product of his behavior. We have an opportunity to be human again. 
You know, we have an opportunity to dictate how we, how the harvest affects us. You know, we, we, we have to seize this moment in time, this historical phase um, uh, that will be written about, you know, for generations to come. We have to seize this opportunity and become better of it. You know, and my hope, and, and like you said, I'm, I'm not as optimistic as, as I wish that I was, but I, I do have, you know, hope that we will become better because of this. You know, we have to, because if we don't, and this goes back to that, that karmic energy that you were talking about earlier, if we don't, what comes next will be way worse. You know, so to everybody who's, um, who's listening today and, um, and I hope that, that, that it continues to grow, that this continues to grow. Um, when you're out and about, you know, as limited as that may be, don't look at the person who sneezes or coughs and, 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 and in a way that, you know, in a despicable way. If you see someone struggling, help them. You know, I can't help but to think about, you know, last year, um, me and my wife went down to um, Biloxi to uh, the Beauregard and, um, you know, big million dollar casino and it's been, and I'm not a gambler. You know, we went to a concert down there and um, I like taking walks. So I walked along the boardwalk and everything um, by the water and I've seen all these homeless people up under the, uh, up under the bridge. You know, here we are right next to this billion dollar casino and uh, there's these homeless people. We have to start caring. And if we don't, we have no one to blame but our damn selves. So yep. with, with that, you know, um, hope everyone stays safe. Um, hope everyone stays vigilant. You know, and more importantly, remain human, man. Focus on the humanity of it all. And now, that's all I got, son. You take it out. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. And this is a compact but power powerhouse episode. And we really hope you enjoy it. Please, uh, please go ahead and uh, rate and uh, give us your comments um, wherever you're listening to us. Um, and stay safe out there. Follow the quarantine guidelines and um, and uh, keep tuning in. We'll, we'll keep giving you information um, as we get it. Um, but uh, we just we, we appreciate you. And we just hope that this um, betters you like it's bettering us. We'll see you next week, or we'll <laughs> you'll be hearing yeah. from us next week. <laughs> right, right. Peace and be safe. All right, take it easy, y'all.